My name's John Redmond from First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas, and I want to thank you for joining us today on Peace by Believing. And on today's program, we're going to be thinking about what to do when God's blessings are delayed. In other words, when we pray about something and nothing seems to happen, what are we supposed to do in the meantime? I hope this sermon will be a blessing to you today. Have you noticed that God has different ways to answer our prayers? Sometimes we pray about something and God just says yes immediately. I mean, we have in our hands what we've been asking for. Sometimes we pray about something and God says no. I had this experience yesterday. I prayed and I said, God, please help Georgia to beat Alabama in this game. And God said no. God probably said he didn't care. Nick Saban probably said no, but it was a a great game, but but that prayer did not get answered. Sometimes we pray for something and God says wait. He says, I'm going to give you what you have asked me for, but I'm not going to give it to you right now. You'll just have to wait a little while. And then sometimes we pray and God says, I'm going to give you something better than you've prayed for. We have prayed for A, and instead God gives us B. I think about the Apostle Paul. He had the thorn in the flesh. And he said, God, please take this thorn away. And God said to Paul, in essence, I have something better for you than thorn removal, and that is an extra measure of my grace. And so he gave him something different than he had prayed for. But sometimes we pray and we ask God for something, to meet a need, to solve a problem, to give us some blessing that we desire in our hearts. And God doesn't say anything at all. It's like heaven is silent and we are left to wonder, did God hear my prayer? Will God answer my prayer? He hasn't said anything, and so we go on in life, and we wonder, will that blessing ever become mine? Now, if you'll open your Bibles today to the Gospel of Luke in chapter number 1, we're going to be studying this morning about a couple who had prayed for a specific blessing in their lives. And God had not said yes, he had not said no, he had not said wait, he had not said I have something better. God hadn't said anything. And this couple had no idea whether their prayer would ever be answered. Now, the couple's name was Zacharias and Elizabeth. Zacharias and Elizabeth. And they had prayed for a child. They had been married for a long time. They were a godly couple. They served the Lord faithfully. And yet they had never had any children. And the desire of their heart was indeed to have a child. And yet, as they had prayed that prayer for many years, heaven had been silent. And so they never knew whether or not that prayer would be answered. Now, Luke chapter 1. Let's read their story beginning in verse number 5. This is just kind of the background of this couple. It pretty much tells you what I just said. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. So here's the couple. And they were both righteous before God, 
walking in all the commandments, commandments and ordinance of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So again, here's this couple who has prayed for a child, and that prayer has not been answered. Now, as we continue in our reading this morning and think about this couple, I think what we're going to discover is some things that we can do in our lives when God's blessings for us have been delayed. When God has not answered that prayer immediately, when God has been silent. And so here we are, like Zacharias and Elizabeth, and we're wondering, will God ever answer that prayer? Will God ever give me that blessing? Will my circumstance ever change? And I think there are some very practical lessons that we can learn from this couple. So today, I would think all across the room, just as in the first service, I would think it would be true in this service, that there are people here praying for something, and maybe that prayer hasn't been answered. I ask the first service, let me ask you, how many of you would say at this season in your life that you are praying for something and that prayer, for whatever reason, has not been answered yet? Would you just raise your hand? Okay, it's even, you're even more honest in the first crowd because I think about 75% of that crowd raised their hand. I think about 95% of this crowd said, yeah, I've got something I'm praying for and it hasn't been answered. See, when we're in a situation like that, we need to know what to do. Because we're praying about something and nothing is happening. And so we wonder, should I keep praying about it? Should I, should I give up praying about it? Should I pray about something else? Or, or what in the world should I do? There are some very practical things that we can learn from Zacharias and Elizabeth. Number one, here's the first thing that you should do. Keep doing what you know is right. Keep doing what you know is right. And we read beginning in verse 8 that that's what this couple did. Look at it. So it was that while Zacharias was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. And so again, Zacharias was a priest. Did you know that at this time in Israel's history, there were approximately 18,000 priests living in Judea? And he was one of them. These 18,000 priests had been divided into 24 divisions, 24 groups. And each of these divisions had a responsibility each year to come to Jerusalem and serve in the temple for one week at a time. And so this was one of Zacharias's two weeks that he had to serve in a given year. He's in Jerusalem, he's in the temple, and he's ministering before the Lord. Now, to kind of make this even more amazing, I'll the lot had fallen on Zacharias to do something very special. You know, back in Bible times, when they were trying to figure out, does God want us to do A or B? Certainly they would pray about it, but one of the things they would do, they would cast lots, kind of like rolling dice. Now, this is not what we're supposed to do today because we have the Holy Spirit in a, in a, more, in a different way, but that's one of the things they did. And so, as these priests are in the temple, they had cast lots and the lot had fallen on Zacharias, which meant of all the priests who were on his shift, 
It was his responsibility to go to the altar and to burn incense. Now, for a priest, this was considered so special that each priest could only do that once in his lifetime, and most priests never had the lot fall to them. In other words, if you've got 18,000 priests, most of them would live a whole life and never get to go to the altar in the temple and burn incense. But the lot fell on Zacharias. Here he is. He's at the altar, right in front of the Holy of Holies, where only the high priest could go in once a year. And at this altar, he's burning incense. And as he is, the incense, the aroma, the smoke is all going up into the air. So that everybody who was back behind Zacharias could see him burning up that incense. And that smoke going up was a picture. It was a symbol. It was a reminder that just like that smoke goes up from the altar, so the prayers of God's people go up to the throne of heaven, go up to God himself. And so this is what Zacharias is doing. The point I'm making is he was being faithful. While his blessing was delayed, while his future was unknown, while things were very unclear, he was faithfully serving God the best he could. And that says to me, the first thing that we should do when our prayers are not being answered and our blessing hasn't come yet is to keep doing what you know is right. Sometime a person will be in a situation like I'm describing, prayers unanswered, circumstances not changed, blessing hasn't arrived yet, and they get frustrated, and they, cop, they stop coming to church, and they stop reading their Bible, and they stop praying, and they stop doing all the basic things that they're supposed to do. Friend, when your blessing is delayed, that's no time to stop coming to church. That's a time to go to church even more than you normally would. Because we need to be in the presence of God and we need to be with God's people. And so keep doing what you know is right. Second thing, this is so very important. So you keep going to church, keep reading your Bible, keep praying, keep loving people. You know that's right. Keep forgiving people. But the second thing is put yourself in position to hear from God. Now, get it back in your mind. Zacharias is in the temple. He's at the altar and he's offering the incense. He's faithfully serving God. But notice what happens while he's doing this. Look in verse number uh, 11. It says, then, notice the first word of verse 11. Then, as he is doing what he's supposed to do, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell down upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Don't miss this. Zacharias heard the word of the Lord as he was faithfully carrying out his responsibilities. Have you noticed that God normally speaks to us when we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Now, God is God. God can speak to us anytime. God can speak to us when we're out there doing what we ought not to be doing. But if we're out there doing what we ought not to be doing, the first thing, and maybe the only thing God's going to say to us then is, stop doing what you're doing. Stop sinning. But if you want a fresh word from God about your future, about His plan for your life, about steps He wants you to take, you have to be faithful to your responsibilities. Think about the examples in the Bible. I'll think about Moses. We, we're familiar with the story in Exodus chapter 3. Moses out there in the wilderness, in the desert, really. 
And all of a sudden, this burning bush, God invades this bush, and God speaks to Moses out of this bush. We say, wow, the burning bush story is amazing. Yeah, but think about what Moses was doing when God spoke to him. He was faithfully tending his sheep. You see, we're not priests. We don't offer sacrifices at an altar like Zacharias was doing. But we all have responsibilities with our families, at work, with our friends. I mean, we have things we're supposed to do. Moses was faithfully tending sheep. God spoke to him. David, years later, faithfully tending sheep in Bethlehem. God spoke to him. Think about the first four disciples, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. What were they doing when God spoke to them? They were fishing. They were mending their nets. They were cleaning up from a day's work. They were faithfully carrying out their responsibilities. And as they were being faithful in what they were supposed to do, they didn't really think about it this way, but they were putting themselves in a position to hear from God. Every time you come to church, that's what you're doing. You're putting yourself in a position to hear from God. Every time you read your Bible or pray, you're putting yourself in position, and that is so very important. Now, the third thing that we have to do when our blessings are being delayed, nothing seems to be happening, we're not even sure if it ever will happen, this is very important. Keep trusting God. Keep trusting God even when nothing makes sense. Now, look in verse 18. Now, Zacharias has just been told by Gabriel, the angel from heaven, God's representative, that they're going to have a child. You would think that Zacharias would have said, Thank you, Gabriel. Thank you, God. I can't wait to tell Elizabeth. This is amazing. Our prayers have finally been answered. Praise the Lord. But that was not his response. Verse 18, Zacharias said to the angel, now here's his question, how shall I know this? In other words, he had just received a clear word from God. And instead of believing that, taking that word, standing on faith, moving forward, knowing that God had spoken, he put a question mark where God had put a period. And he said, how shall I know this is true? Friend, we do the same thing. So many times in life, God says something to us, and we read the Bible, or we hear a sermon, and we think, yeah, but how can I know that that's true for me? Well, that was Zacharias. He began to question God, and he began to give reasons why this couldn't be true in his case. He said, for I'm an old man. And my wife is well advanced in years. She's too old to have a child. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. In other words, Gabriel said, how are you questioning what I just said? Do you know who I am? Do you know where I'm from? Do you know I speak on behalf of God? Gabriel couldn't believe Zacharias' unbelief. Verse 20, but behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And so Gabriel says, Zacharias, as a result of your unbelief, for the next nine months, you're not going to be able to talk. You're going to be quiet for nine months. And so when this conversation ends, Zacharias goes out of the temple and they could tell when they looked at him, something, he, he's been in the presence of, of God in some way, because look, look, at, look at the expression on his face, something special, has, we don't know what all happened in there, but something just happened. And instead of being able to verbalize this conversation he had had with Gabriel, he has to evidently get a writing tablet and a pen and write out, Gabriel appeared to me, Elizabeth, we're going to have a baby. 
But I didn't believe it. I questioned God. And as a result of questioning God, I'm not going to be able to speak until John is born. John the Baptist was their son. And if we read on in this story, we would see when he was born. And then when Zacharias wrote out, his name shall be called John. Then his tongue was loosed and he was able to speak. But the point is here, when God speaks to us, I mean, when we put ourselves in a position to hear from God, and then God speaks to us, and God gives us a word from the Bible, from a minister, from a friend. It's a word from God, from His Spirit, and we know in our hearts that word is from God. If we question that word from God, it's almost like nothing good is going to come out of our unbelief. Have you noticed in your life, when you question God, it's never good for you? In other words, it's like Zacharias couldn't speak, and sometimes it's like when we doubt God or we question God, it never brings anything good. As a guy who lived many years doubting and questioning and wondering, and now as a person who God thankfully delivered out of that, and I've just, not that I never doubted, but I mean, I just mainly more walk in faith now. I'm telling you, the life of doubt and the life of faith, there's no comparison. The life of faith is a lot better way to go. And I want to encourage you today, be a believer, not a doubter. I mean, one of the names for Christians is believers. That's our name. I think here comes a real deep statement. You ready for something deep? Believers are supposed to believe. I mean, we are. I mean, believers aren't supposed to doubt. Believe, now, believers, sometimes we do doubt, and God's patient, and God brings us through that. But believers are supposed to believe. And so I encourage you today to be a believer. Now, I want to give you something to believe. Look back in verse 13. Because to the 95% of you who said, John, I'm praying about something for a blessing, for something in my life. I'm praying for something, and it hasn't happened, or for your family, and you're kind of bewildered right now. Here's the word of God for you. Verse 13, the angel said to Zacharias, do not be afraid, for your prayer is heard. I want you, if you don't get anything else from this sermon today, I want those words to ring in your mind. This was God's message to Zacharias through Gabriel. And today, this is God's message to you through me from the Bible. Your prayer is heard. That's what I want to, when you walk out those doors today, I want that to be in your mind. Your prayer may not be answered yet, your blessing hasn't arrived yet. Your circumstance hasn't changed yet. Your problem hasn't been solved yet. But I want you to hear this from God today. Your prayer is heard. Your prayer is heard. You believe that? Say amen. Believe that. The prayer is heard. God has heard that prayer. God has taken that prayer into consideration. And God's going to do what's best in His own time and in His own way. But your prayer, the prayer that you're praying has been heard by God. Now, the next step. Here we are. We're praying about something. We know the prayer's heard, but it hasn't been answered yet. What are we supposed to do? Think about what I'm saying today. Keep doing what you know is right. Don't give up. Put yourself in a position to hear from God like you've done today by being in church. Keep trusting God even when nothing makes sense. And number four, as you're waiting on God, number four, remember that who you are waiting with is more important than what you are waiting on. So many times in life we have the idea that if God would just get on with it, if God would just answer this prayer, if God would just meet this need, if God would just do this thing in my life, 
then I would be happy. But follow the logic of that. The person who says that, what they're really saying is, I'm not really happy just with God, but if I could have God's blessings, then I would be happy. So the, when we, and we've all thought like that. I've thought like that before. But if you begin to analyze the thought process, what you're really saying is the blessings of God are better than God himself. Friend, I want to say to you today, I thank God for all of his blessings, but all of his blessings added up together and multiplied by 10 are not as good as God himself. God is better even than his blessings. And so as we're waiting on God to meet that need and to give us that blessing and to answer that prayer, we need to remember the key to our happiness in life is not our prayer being answered. The key to our happiness in life is found in God himself. The scripture says in his presence is fullness of joy. Not with his blessings. In his presence is fullness of joy. And so we're waiting on God, yes, But did you know we're also waiting with God? Do you know the Bible says in the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 18? Listen to this. It says, the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. So many times in the Bible, we read about we're waiting, those who wait on the Lord. All through the scriptures, God acts on behalf of those who wait for him. We're supposed to be waiting. But that verse says, there's a sense In which not only are you waiting on God, but God himself is waiting. The Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. What's God waiting on? God's waiting on you to be ready to receive the blessing. God's waiting on you to get to the point in your life where you see the blessing is not as important as he is. God's waiting on circumstances to get right, timing to get right. You see, God could have given Zacharias and Elizabeth a baby 40 years earlier. But if he had, that baby never would have been the forerunner of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. In order for that baby to fulfill his destiny, that baby had to be born right before the Messiah was born. Had John the Baptist been born 40 years earlier, had Zacharias and Elizabeth's prayer been answered when they first started praying it, the timing would have been off. And so God's looking from heaven and God's saying, I know you want a baby, but I've got to wait. You've got to wait until the time is right so that when your baby is born, John the Baptist, he can be the forerunner of Jesus born just a few months before him. And so had he answered the prayer when they first started praying it. That baby, that child would have been born out of season. Sure, they would have been happy, but it never would have been right. It never would have been all that God wanted it to be. And so God delayed that blessing so the timing could be right. And sometimes God does that in our life. God says, hey, you're praying for the right thing. Your heart's with my heart on this. I'm going to give you what you're praying for. But the time's not right. And so sometimes God delays. Sometimes God waits because he knows the time is not right. The thing I want you to see is today, when you're waiting on God, God is waiting too. And since you're waiting and since God's waiting, it's not just that you're waiting on God. It's that you're waiting with God. And what, one of the things God is saying to all of us today is, listen, when you're waiting on me and when you're waiting with me, remember that the one you're waiting with is far more important than what you're waiting on. In other words, what you already have in Jesus is much more important than what you may have when he answers that prayer. 
because Jesus is more important than the blessing that he may give you. I think so much of life is our perspective and how we look at things. And so when we find ourselves in one of those seasons where our prayers are seemingly not being answered, we're having to wait on God to do something for us, at least it helps me instead of focusing on the fact that I don't have what I wish I had at the moment, to focus on the fact that while I'm waiting, I'm not just waiting on God, but I'm waiting with God. There's something about that that just, in my own heart, helps God to seem closer to me. And the same is true for you. I would encourage you today to change your focus, change your perspective. Stop thinking just about the unmet need or the unsolved problem or the unanswered prayer. Don't, don't focus on those things. Focus on God. Focus on His presence with you right now. And just say to God, even today, say, God, I may not have what I'm praying for. I may not have what I'm hoping for. I may not have yet what I'm waiting on. But God, I have you. And so, Lord, I'm going to just change my focus and just instead of complaining and grumbling and being impatient about these unmet needs, I'm going to just start thanking you that you are right here with me right now. There's something about focusing on the presence of God that gives us peace in our heart, that gives us joy, that gives us contentment, to know that if we're saved, we have Jesus Christ living in our hearts. And if you've never been saved, I would encourage you today, open your heart, pray, ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to come live in your heart. He'll answer that prayer today. He'll save you. And then you will never, ever be alone. Thanks for joining us today, and I hope you have a great, great remainder of this day.